here we are then. Yep. As you can see, we have our lovely Davide Tardazzi, team manager from Ducati Lenovo team, with us for the live podcast. Welcome to our later audio listeners. And if you're wondering, that's not Elliot York. It's not. It's paddock legend Matt Burt. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Yes, special guest <laughs> appearance. I thought it was going to be yep. Paolo Ciabatti. No offence, Davide, but I was only here for the birthday cake for Paolo. Wow, yeah, you see. I'll happily sit and listen to Davide ahead of the biggest weekend that they've had for many, many years. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It is indeed. So, Davide, thank you very much for joining us. And, like we just said to you a second ago, basically here to talk about the huge weekend you have ahead. You say you don't really want to talk about that, but we're going to push <laughs> forward. <laughs> First of no, all, we can, we can talk about the, it, but, uh, the icebreaker, how are you feeling? It's been uh, a pretty intense few weeks. I all obviously feel confident, but I'm too used to motorcycle racing to know that it's not done. Uh, Fabio has all our respect, so he's the world champion, he's still the world champion, and uh, he's a very, very fast rider, so he's not done yet. Obviously, in uh, Australia, we had uh, a good weekend. And sorry, unlucky for uh, Fabio, and this gives us a good advantage, but uh, everything can happen in two races. We have uh, 50 points uh, to play with, uh, we have only 14 uh, as advantage, so it's not done yet. I'm sure that Peko is in the right uh, mental mood, but uh, again, uh, we, we are really careful about thinking about uh, the winning of the championship. Davide, we hear in these situations so many times people say we have to try and treat it like any other weekend, a normal weekend or as normal as we possibly can, but this is the Catty's biggest weekend potentially in, in 15 years. How difficult is that from a, a team manager perspective to make sure that everything can stay as normal as possible despite everything that's at stake? Yeah, obviously you have to try to uh, keep the situation in the normal way as much as possible, but uh, I'm so lucky to have uh, our people around that uh, understood this before uh, we have a chat uh, before coming here in, uh, in uh, Phillip Island, uh, trying to have a normal, very normal weekend here in Sepang. Uh, our guys uh, uh, are in this moment uh, very calm and uh, they put Peko in a fantastic uh, uh, mental boat. Uh, Peko this morning told me, I'm in Italian, sono sereno. I'm, you know, serene. serene. Yeah. I like that word. I feel like the translation <laughs> in English makes it a little more. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know exactly the, the, the words to translate sereno, but uh, he's uh, in peace with himself <laughs> in some way. You know? <laughs> and uh, the, the team mood is fantastic. So uh, in this moment, I feel comfortable that uh, we can have the best uh, result uh, is possible. Uh, I don't know if it will be uh, enough to win the championship, uh, but uh, I think that uh, we will play our card in the best way. Okay, well, that's interesting because it has been quite a roller coaster, especially for Peko this season. Ducati, you've always had a very fast motorcycle on Sunday, be it Ducati Lenovo team, Pramac, obviously Bastinini and Grassini with those wins. But Peko, it's already the biggest comeback ever in terms of points, from 91 back to 14 ahead. How has that been to live within the team and watching these ups and downs and then getting to this point now? It's pretty incredible. We are working on that with uh, Peko because uh, after a kind of uh, 
disaster start uh, due not only to Pecco's performance but uh, uh, also because uh, we didn't give him uh, uh, the best bike in the beginning of uh, the year. I think that uh, Ducati has to apologize in some way with Pecco because uh, it took a couple of races to uh, bring the bike on the way that uh, he deserved and that uh, he liked. Uh, that took uh, three, four races. Four five races maybe and uh, in the end uh, when we give him uh, uh, the setup and the bike uh, he like he always been on the podium or on the ground <laughs> because that's the truth if you, if you take ground. a look and when he, and when he crash he was apart the first race in Qatar he was always on the podium so uh, that means that uh, he's very, very competitive. The package is very competitive. Then we have uh, to think uh, uh, internally to not make uh, again mistakes like we did uh, during the winter uh, test uh, and start in the best way next year. But uh, mainly Pecco uh, has already uh, makes his uh, own uh, uh, how you, how you say in English, uh, you know, he talked with himself and he said, I have to manage in a different way certain situation like in Le Mans or like in Sachsenring where second place was already on the pocket, was already 40 points. That means that the championship would have was been done already, yeah. Would have been closing in <laughs> uh, Phillip Island, you know. So uh, we are trying hardly to win this championship but uh, we are also looking to the future as Ducati and uh, the rider to be better together next year because next year I think that will be more more tough than this year. Davide going back to the start of the season clearly we saw Pecco was super strong at the end of 2021 many people yep. expect him to be the favorite for this season with a lot of reasons but the GP22 as you mentioned it didn't win until round six in Jerez and now Bastianini on last year's bike won three of the first five Grand Prix. So were you guys worried at that stage? And, and how difficult was it to keep Paco calm when he could see the bike he was on last year having such an was, amazing start? It was not so easy, mainly during the winter test, where I realized that uh, he had not uh, in, uh, in Indonesia and uh, here in uh, Malaysia. He was so pissed uh, about uh, the technical situation. Uh, but finally it took a bit of time as you said uh, five, five races to, to win but uh, in the end uh, I think that uh, the main and the, the key point uh, is the very very tight relationship we have as Ducati with Peco. I think that this uh, is uh, the key point uh, we never lose the trust in each other and this, I think, that uh, makes the big difference to start again. And even after suffering, where you score 21, uh, 91 more points to, to, to grow till the top, we never give up. And uh, this is uh, not only words. We honestly say after a couple of minutes after the crash, championship is gone. After two hours, the world's world, we have to try hard to try to bring back those points. And that's what it happens. And uh, again, I want to underline, the main is the very strong relationship between us and him. 
It does seem like in Ducati, when there is that figure, like obviously the last rider to win the title for you was Casey, that brings the, such incredible game to the table on Sunday and it's just that incredible talent. It feels like Peko has kind of brought the team together and you've equaled a few records as well this season with all those wins in a row. Did you know that? When did you realise that he was a special rider and he was really going to be part of this project? Because obviously he moved up on a Ducati, then you moved him to the factory team, but now he's another level. I think that uh, we realised uh, we make uh, uh, in January uh, 2018, before he won the championship, where we signed the contract. We signed the contract uh, January 2018. Then in 18 he won the Moto2 title, but I realized Pecco is uh, a top rider, the first test in Malaysia. Because uh, uh, at the first test, and then he had uh, one and a half year of uh, trouble, but at the first test he shows something that is not possible for a rookie if he is not a top and fast rider. Uh, so we realized there that uh, he has potential. That's why even after one and a half year of up and down and trouble and uh, bad results, we keep him. Uh, he has the potential. We have only to find a way and to give him the bike to show those potential. And that's what he happened. And again, since uh, uh, six uh, uh, races of uh, last year to the end, and this year that means uh, 18, uh, 24 races. Look at the results. Four races in the end of the year, 10. He, on uh, 24 races, he won 10. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> and, fair to and, say uh, he four <laughs> was on the podium. That means that uh, uh, more than half of the races was on the podium. Then, mistakes, yes. But, uh, and we have to work on that. But uh, that he's a top uh, rider is not anymore in discussion. One of those mistakes you just mentioned clearly was in Germany. And I'll oh, put yeah. my hands up here and yeah. say, I got on the plane to go home from the Saxon ring thinking 91 points. Not that Pecco cannot win a lot of races. I, I just couldn't see Fabio Quattararo losing 91 points. But David, I want some insight into that Sunday night and immediately after that Grand Prix in Germany because you just said the first two minutes everybody was like, it's over, it's gone. The two hours after that, did you have a meeting with the management, a meeting with Peko to go, guys, we're still in this, we still have a chance? What was that process of still uh, believing? We said, uh, we know that we have uh, potential, we know that we have uh, now the bike, uh, we have uh, the rider. We can't, we can't uh, uh, lose any possibility to try hard to win. Uh, so, uh, I mean, the t and mainly the guys, the team, the team, the mechanics, is not over, is not over. They keep saying to, to Peko, they want to keep him up, and Peko is not over, and the mechanics, uh, his engineer, his telemetry guy, uh, they was keeping him up, he's not over. And they was always saying, he's not over, Peko. And uh, that's something, I mean, the relationship between him and uh, his, uh, mainly his team, you know, we have uh, seven people, five mechanics, uh, one engineer, race engineer, and one uh, telemetry guy dedicated to each rider, plus all the, the, the guys uh, behind. But his group was so tight to him. And uh, I was there looking, I said almost nothing because they was doing my job. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, nice. I, I was looking and hearing from uh, from outside and I said, hey guys, clap the hands because uh, good job. So there's, there's eight team managers in Ducati now. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you said already this morning he seems serene this weekend, but it is quite a different situation he's in now because at the end of last year as well, it was pretty close. But he was the not the underdog in terms of on track, but he was the guy who had to make that comeback. This season now, before Valencia, before the real last chance, he's now the guy more in control in terms of points. Yeah, he grow. Has he that, grow. So he's okay. I was going to say, has that? Do you see a change in the situation? Do you feel a change within the box? That okay, we. How do I say that in English? I'm struggling as well now. I've got Spanglish. Obviously, he trusts more himself. He trusts more himself. Last year, when he crashed in Misano with uh, Mark Marquez, that was pushing hard behind him, uh, was because he was just uh, starting to win races since one month from Aragon. It's crazy to you know? think, though, isn't it? And Aragon was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you look back, you're like, what? How can this be the first victory? Yeah. Pretty special race that <laughs> yeah. was as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. He makes the step. And I said, we always knew. Since the first test here in Malaysia, uh, 2020, 2020, I guess, yeah, 2019, sorry, uh, that he was, that he could be very fast. But it took uh, one and a half year to show that. Why? Why did you, or what did you see in Peko? What was the big attraction? You obviously looked at him in Moto2, Moto3. He was a guy that was winning on Mahindra, which was not the strongest bike in Moto3. Then he went to Moto2 and won That's the why. We decide him. Really? Because, yeah, as I said, we signed him before he won the title. Yeah. You know? So our decision was on his Moto3 races. Wow. Right. Okay. Wow. It's there where what, we what, understood that uh, he can be a top rider. David, you, you've been around for so many years in, in World Superbikes and in MotoGP. So as a team manager and, and an ex rider yourself, what did you see in him in those Moto3 races that just went, we have to take this guy, he's the guy that can win our first championship? He never gave up. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, with uh, Mahindra, he was uh, on the podium, second place, I don't remember. He was uh, on the podium in uh, races like in Aragon, where the Mahindra Slow. was not the, the, top, <laughs> the, 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 the top bike. So when you have uh, a rider with this kind of attitude that, uh, okay, you know, easy to stop and say what I have to do with 10-20 uh, kilometers less than uh, the other bike. I can do yeah. it in Valencia where there is a straight of uh, 1.2 kilometers. So uh, that's a few many things that convince us that uh, it can make a big step ahead and, uh, and he did it. Honestly, uh, this step was uh, uh, stopped a bit by some injury. I think that one of uh, one, one bad thing that happened was uh, when he broke the, the leg in uh, Brun. Bruno, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I think uh, it could be the race where he makes the... the he, he was ready. In Brun he was ready and I'm sure that uh, uh, in, uh, in Austria the following uh, races, uh, race uh, he, could, uh, he could have uh, uh, been on the podium. Uh, but then, if you remember, just to come back after the, the, um, the surgery, he was uh, second and uh, crashing leading in Misano. Yeah. Again, he never been 10, 12. He always been on the podium or on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say this, don't you? You can't teach a slow rider to get faster, but you can teach a fast yeah. rider to stop crashing. So I guess... Very easy. Certainly so far it's going quite well. Uh, maybe one bobble in the last few. <laughs> 
But obviously then it's a big weekend for you with Pekka as well. It's also a big change for you guys next year. There's so much talk at the moment, team orders or manufacturer orders, whatever you want to call it. You've got eight bikes on the grid. What do you make of all of this? Because Thank you for this question, because uh, I have the opportunity <laughs> to clarify something. First of all, eight bikes. Uh, why the other manufacturer didn't propose another bike? There are eight Ducati bikes because other manufacturer doesn't want to give bikes to the teams. So it's not Ducati that forced to have the bike. The other manufacturer doesn't provide bikes because somebody else asked Honda to have uh, uh, another team, say no. Yamaha to have another team, say no. Uh, somebody else uh, said, uh, yeah, maybe in the future we can have. Suzuki never want. Okay, Suzuki now also leave. But so why Ducati has to be accused? Because they provide bikes to teams that request those bikes. While other manufacturers, I want again to underline, doesn't propose it. That's the perfect opportunity for us to ask fans <laughs> to let us know. Yeah. Answer yeah. Yeah. Uh, Having fast bike. Okay, behind that there is something, there is a strategy. There is Ducati that help satellite team to have young and fast riders is a strategy that we decided two years ago so now we come to the point that we have fast bike and fast riders but this is a strategy we help uh, not other manufacturing our satellite team to have the best condition on riders we suggest we help some riders are Ducati riders that we provide to the satellite team. So we manage together with the satellite the best situation possible for them. Why we have to be accused? <laughs> because we do a good sport, political sport. I mean, we don't have the answer for you. Because, yeah. I mean, we, we must obviously stay unbiased and perfectly in the middle, but obviously off the record, I agree. It's obviously, if people ask, you have a quality machine, people would like it, you are never going to say no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, okay. it's not a Ducati master plan, <laughs> it's just yeah. that you are... I think that Ducati <laughs> make a good uh, sport program for the satellite. I mean, it's paying and off. And I can't exactly understand yeah. why I read uh, something. Uh, ah, they have, uh, but uh, some other rider that accused Ducati that has too many. Why you don't ask uh, your factory to have more bikes and more uh, fast riders on, on your bike? It's, it's ask your factory. It's a very good. He should make a defence lawyer, shouldn't yeah. he? Really? <laughs> ask your factory. Don't accuse Ducati. Moving, moving on then with Ducati. No, no, sorry, I want to finish because please, now please, we, please. we go on uh, the team orders. Team orders. I think that uh, what Enea did uh, in Misano is not something that uh, uh, I see that somebody said uh, that uh, Enea arrived second in Misano because of team orders. You arrived second by 34 mil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One meter more and they can... Um, He's very precise if you yeah. uh, You see what Enea did uh, in, uh, uh, in, Aragon? in Aragon? Is that team orders? Yeah. Uh, Jackie Motegi. Jackie Motegi, but I want to come to the, the, the point. Uh, Johan Zarco in, uh, uh, in Thailand. Okay, first of all, Johan was very fast coming up, but if 
you understand about uh, racing, you understand that uh, the uh, rain tire, when the track is drying, is going down very quick, mainly the front. And in the same condition was some other riders like uh, uh, Raul Fernandez, that uh, he was growing up and then immediately from one lap to the other he stops and go back, because when he's drying the, uh, the surface, uh, the front tire uh, hit a lot and don't give you the possibility to break hard. So he did it uh, with uh, two laps before he did it uh, with Marquez. He had the opportunity to overtake Marquez, but then he felt first that uh, trying to, on the following laps, to trying to overtake Pecco was dangerous because Marquez, he tried hard to pass Pecco, yeah. but he couldn't. Couldn't do it. No. Okay, uh, Zarco said that uh, it was taking he was thinking to take too many risks to pass Pecco and obviously thought that he is on a Ducati, obviously, but was absolutely Joan Zarco's decision. I've, I've, his decision. From the quote as well, was he his decision, says... Not Ducati decision. Okay, so we believe you, we believe you. Sereno. <laughs> Sto sereno. No, but, uh, no uh, uh, you can understand that uh, I... <laughs> Passionate about yeah. this issue. We love yeah. it. We love yeah, it. We because love because we, we, uh, <laughs> we see things that are not true. We, we read things that are not true. We know the truth. Uh, it's obvious that we was very happy about this result, that Joan Zarco did that. Obviously. But was absolutely Because Joanne's it's decision. a good decision, not was because decision. it was your decision. His decision. So obviously this weekend though, you've told them all exactly what they need to do, right? <laughs> I always said one thing. <laughs> that behind I, I always said, we never give team orders till, uh, till the last time that they make the questions. We all always said to the riders, don't do something uh, too dangerous between Ducati riders. That's the only order. In the other hand, I said, it's obvious that if in the last race, one position, let, a, let us give the championship or not, we give the team orders. <laughs> we are not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, it's obvious because everyone... Everybody would do the same. Yeah, exactly. Everybody would do the same. I can think of one person that won't, but I won't roast in public and remember <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I just wanted to ask, away from that whole sort of team order issue, I mean, obviously we know that Peco's talked a lot about the influence of Valentino in particular and also he's been seeking the advice of Casey Stone a lot over the last few weeks. It's two an of interesting the, balance. Two of the best <laughs> riders we've ever seen in history and I, I just wonder how much you think that has, has helped him in this situation because they are two great champions, they understand exactly what he's going through and that must be fantastic uh, for him to have those guys in his yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I speak a lot with Pico about that and uh, uh, I know that uh, regarding Valentino um, he always had some phone, call, phone calls with him um, because Valentino likes a lot Pecco, but uh, uh, Pecco has a lot of respect to Valentino because he saved his career. Because when uh, uh, he leave uh, Team Italia, where he started, that uh, he always I joke with him because he always been 34, 33, <laughs> 32, maybe sometimes 29 uh, <laughs> that on, was the, a good on, on, the, on the grid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Valentino asked him to go down to Tavolia to Pesaro, and uh, he opened the arms and come with me and. Uh, 
he bring him up uh, again. So I think that uh, uh, Valentino deserve uh, this respect uh, uh, from Pecco. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Casey is a tough guy because he's not saying things uh, like like even Lazar. No sugar coating. Oh, yes. He's not so kind when he's saying something uh, wrong, that he's doing wrong. But uh, anyway, uh, Casey has been very helpful for Jack and Pecco in uh, Portimao last year. He saw something that uh, it helps both uh, to be fast, uh, to be faster than before, and uh, also in uh, in uh, some suggestion in uh, Australia was very helpful. Uh, Casey, Casey is a guy that doesn't speak so much, but uh, um, you know, what he, says he, is very he doesn't he yeah. doesn't give give you his opinion. It's kind of sentence. <laughs> It's like this. <laughs> this, this is it makes some sentence. <laughs> it's not an opinion. We've all been there on the other on the other end of those conversations. So Pecco has finally decided to listen to Valentino's advice. Yeah, I remember Valentino last year having to say that he almost had to hypnotise him for the tyre choice, and yeah. sometimes he would go against him. But they seem to have a really, really great relationship together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the relationship is very, very strong. Very strong. Uh, uh, I never been uh, with them uh, when they talk because they many times they talk in private or while uh, at uh, the the ranch, the ranch where yeah. where they make the the, the trainings. But uh, I know that uh, the relationship is so tight and and we are happy about this relationship because. Of course. Who better the, uh, of Valentino Rossi to, to give you advice? You know, I yeah, mean, it's true. Only one nine world champions. <laughs> yeah, just just the nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. So, okay, final couple of questions. There, we've talked a lot about Pecco. Obviously, it is a lot of it about him this weekend. But you also have Jack, who has done an incredible job as well, and as a team player when called upon, like we said in those last races, not as a conspiracy. Um, and has won some incredible races for you guys and now will be moving on next season. How is that preparing to say goodbye to someone who I'm sure will always have an important place within the team in a lot of ways? And then looking ahead to welcoming Anea and a whole new... Uh... Jack is an incredible, incredible nice person. I know you love Jack. I remember I you love, love Jack. Jack. You love Jack and you love Chaz. We all love Jack. We all love Jack. I love Australians uh, like this. I always had uh, a fantastic relationship uh, with uh, Troy Corsa, uh, Troy Bailey's. Uh, uh, I have a very, very good personal relationship with Ming Duan and, uh, and Casey. So I, I love Australians. <laughs> yeah, because of their attitude. They are so... Uh, you can say in English, uh, they are flat, uh, you have not to grow on the mountain, uh, they are always there. Just yeah. chill, I would yeah. say chill yeah. probably is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Jack is also a fantastic team player. Uh, I think that this year, at least twice, he helps uh, a lot uh, Peko onwards. Not giving the place, yeah. but yeah. Uh, he said he gave him a pep talk before Burram, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. We was there. Like... We was there. Yeah, yeah, I was behind them. Uh, but then I, when I see uh, Jack uh, going uh, close to Peko, that uh, was a bit afraid because uh, you know after a disaster uh, in uh, in uh, Japan uh, in the race and. Uh, a disaster in qualify where it was two seconds lower than the other guys on the wet uh, racing 
in an important race on the wet, not so easy. Or you are there, or you trust yourself, or you can't make like from this to this, I mean, two seconds lower to the podium in, in one week. Yeah. That means that you have uh, the right brain. <laughs> <laughs> My last question is actually about uh, the boss, Gigi Delinia. Of course, there were some very dark times for Ducati when he took over at the end of 2013. He was hired basically to build a, a motorcycle that could win the MotoGP World Championship. You're in this position now, so what would you like to say about the job that Gigi has done? Because you need good riders, but you need a fantastic motorcycle as well to be in this position. And all that hard work, all the difficult times, and now here you are. I on the brink would of the like to use words that uh, Gigi said uh, several times. I came to Ducati and I thought that it was a disaster. I found uh, the right people and I have just to organize the work. The work. Because uh, the know-how was already in Ducati. Gigi was so clever to select and uh, go forward with the right ideas. Because the know-how was uh, Many, I, I think that uh, 90, maybe over percent of uh, the people of uh, Ducati Corse are the same Percentage. of uh, the disasters time. Somebody has to organize them work. Yeah. Somebody has to decide which idea that is on the draw is the right one to pick up and invest on it. Gigi was a fantastic organizer, uh, is obviously a good engineer because if you have to select the right ideas you must know what uh, you well, are talking are. about, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway uh, he was always giving uh, uh, a kind of, uh, uh, I would say merit, um, a deserve to, to the people of Ducati because right. Support they have, and credit yeah. to them, yeah. 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 Credit, sorry. That's you have to the, give yeah. credit to the people that was already in Ducati because there are, I, I think that uh, we have something like 125, something like that, but more than 100 people was there also be, uh, at, at the disaster time in 2012, yeah. 2013. So uh, I think that Gigi makes a fantastic uh, work as leader. Is not the guy that go there and design design like the engine or the, yeah. the yeah. guy that designed the engine is he's the like same. He's the same since 25 years, so it's always him. He's like uh, the glue that put it all together. Yeah, he glue yeah. he glue the the people and uh, he took the leadership. Yeah. Then everybody knew that there was somebody that was judging. You know, he can judge you your job and say you are doing good or not because he has the know-how to decide if you are doing good or not. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, well, shall we, shall we throw back to our To our good colleagues, colleagues yes. So, Davide, best of luck this weekend. To Thank anyone you. else from the paddock who may be listening, best of luck to you all too. We're perfectly neutral. But we hope you have a great weekend this weekend, under the pressure and do, everything Do, do well. we do this interview to my friend Mayo? <laughs> we can we can try and uh, you know what I want to spend two words for Mayo. Mayo is a, a nice guy. Uh, we are in uh, competition, obviously. We are competitive, but uh, it's nice to have uh, him. Uh, you as you tell him that he needs to come on the show before Valencia. Exactly. We'll try our best. For us, the invitation is open. <laughs> all I want to say, David, is best of luck to Ducati and to Peko this weekend. And I'm not biased at all, but I've got everything crossed that you do in the championship this year because I want to see another Tardotsi celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it comes from inside. I, I, I That's don't know why, why we love you. There are a few minutes true. that uh, <laughs> I, I love so much to win. Honestly, you're the best I love gifts on the I internet. Love to win. <laughs> best of luck. Right. So yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. Best of luck this weekend. And now we will pass back to Jack and Simon ahead of the press conference. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's it.